You may be seated, and I invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Isaiah, uh, the 38th chapter from the book of Isaiah. Many of us in life have faced what seemingly looked like impossible situations. I know that to be true. Having pastored this church for over 33 years now, we've seen a lot of people go through some pretty difficult things, and yet we're able to come out on the other side. Amen? And so victory does belong to us, but sometimes there's a process of seeing things turned around in our lives, right? You know, some of the situations that we get ourselves in is exactly what I just said. We get ourselves into it. And these things don't happen overnight. And although I believe in immediate turnarounds, there's also the type of turnarounds that take place in our lives that happen over the process of time. And so this is what I want to talk with you for a while this morning, is how then can we see these difficult, maybe even seemingly hopeless situations turn around in our life? Well, it begins with faith. You know, Jesus said in Mark 9, verse 23, he says, if you can believe, he said that all things are possible uh, to him that believeth. Amen? Now, the question is, is, well, pastor, can I believe? Well, you certainly can believe if you will believe. Well, where am I going to get the faith to believe with? Well, God's given it to you. He's given each and every one of us the mountain of, amen, the measure, if you will, of mountain moving faith. Now, I want to take a look at Isaiah, and perhaps your situation isn't as near as difficult as Isaiah was facing, but you bring it down to the area of your life that perhaps you're challenged in, and you'd like to see some things happen and turn around. Isaiah chapter 38, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this good congregation filled with good people. Lord, I pray that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light. Our spirits would be strengthened in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. So the first thing I want to say is this. God is looking at your heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, but we know that God looks at our heart. Isaiah 38 verse 1. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus says the Lord, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Now notice here's what Hezekiah did. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and started crying and complaining. No? No? He turned his face to the wall, which is representative of turning away from his sensations, turning away from his symptoms, turning away from those things that would bring him down, turning away from man. He turned toward the wall. He turned toward his good, good father. And what did he do? He prayed. And here's what he prayed. And said, remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, How I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Now notice with me, he didn't say I have a a, a heart that has never made a mistake. He said my heart is perfect in that I'm right before you. Now notice, then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, 
Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, and I have seen thy tears, and behold, I will add unto thy days, how many years? And so he turned his face to the wall. And this is what we must do in situations that we face in our life. We must turn around and completely set our gaze upon him. Now, as a result of this, the Lord added 15 years to his life. Amen. Amen. He turned away from his symptoms. He turned away from his sensations. And he completely sought the Lord. But not only did he do that, he pled his case before the Lord. He said, no, Lord, remember, I've walked before thee in truth with a perfect heart and done that which is good in your sight. And he wept sore. Like I said earlier, he didn't have a a heart that never made a mistake, but he had a right heart. Now, how many of you know that when you face a difficult situation, you need to learn to plead your case before God? What do you mean, plead your case before God? I mean, just have a conversation with Him. I have pled my case before God on behalf of many people in this congregation. Lord, you know, we need them here. They're too young to die. They're, they're a great blessing to the church. Uh, this person is a great help to Brenda and I or to this congregation. So, Lord, I come to you on their behalf and I plead their case. I plead their case. And I'm asking for life. I'm asking for health. I'm asking for an extension. Amen? Amen. So you need to learn to to plead your case. Now make sure you have a case to plead. And some folks, they don't have a case to plead. But one thing we can do is we can plead mercy. I said one thing we can do is we can plead mercy. Hallelujah. And then make those adjustments and turn our face toward the wall. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 43, and I'll just quote this to you. It says here in the 43rd chapter, put me in remembrance and let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Now, here's what I want you to see today. As I was preparing this message, I looked at the definition of turning. Now, turning is the place or point at which anything changes direction. Turning is movement in a new direction. And here's what the Lord gave me. Many times we must turn or move or change direction before he turns things around in our lives. Amen? You know, a lot of times we're just wanting God to do all of it. And people say, well, I'm waiting on God. Excuse me. The fact of the matter, it's not so much us waiting on God, is God's waiting on us. Amen. Now, what would be an example of seeing something turned around in our lives. Well, 
turning around could mean cutting some things off. Well, Pastor Mark, you know, I'm just in debt, debt up to my ears and up to my eyeballs, and I don't know how come the Lord, I don't know how come the Lord put this debt on me. Well, the fact of the matter is the Lord had nothing to do with your debt. You applying for all, not you, but you applying for all of those credit cards and maxing them out has much to do with the debt, perhaps, that you're suffering, that you're in. So to turn that around, you need to cut it up. Get those Holy Ghost scissors out and cut that credit card up. Now, save one because you can't rent a car without one, right? You can't go into a hotel without one, so save one. And if you charge anything during the month, make sure that you have more than enough money in your bank to pay it at the end of the month or when the bill is due. That's a, that's a perfect example of if you want to be debt-free, there's got to be some things that would turn around what i'm talking to you about this morning is taking responsibility for your own life you see we we need to remove from our thinking the blame game or the devil made me do it accept full responsibility for the debt that you're in in marriage accept full responsibility for the turbulence and the difficulties you are facing in your marriage. Oh, I don't know, Lord. I don't know how come my car broke down. I don't know how come the Lord did this to me. Well, it could be because you didn't put oil in your automobile. <laughs> Lord had nothing to do with it. Right? I don't know how, how I ended up in bed with this girl. I don't know how, what, just, just, you know, things like that don't just happen. I mean, you don't wake up one morning and look over and see someone else's wife over there. You don't wake up in the morning and look over and see a prostitute laying next to you. Is it all right if we just make it a little plain? I think sometimes preachers have been afraid to make it plain and, and, uh, but... Turn that around. Turn it around. Usually adultery starts with flirting. Flirting is like the, the, the match that you put into the fireplace. Right? So turn that off. Cut it off. Do like Joseph. Run, forest, run. Run. Forest run. Well, we better get back to our message here. Amen. I'm looking at holy people here, right? Whoo, my, my, my. So take responsibility for the kinds of seeds that you've been planting in your life. Turn your face to the wall. In other words, make some adjustments. Life is a series of making adjustments. Now, in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 2, it says this, that hope deferred or delayed 
makes the heart sick, but when a desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Turn hopeless situations around. Hope postponed grieves the heart, but when a dream comes true, life is full and sweet. Here's what you can do to turn hopeless situations around. Now, I know we got a little graphic with some of the illustrations, but here's what we must do. Turn completely to the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, I'll quote it to you, it says, looking away from all that would distract to Jesus. Now let's look at this one. Look at Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. Let's pull that up. Romans, the 15th chapter and the 4th verse. (coughs) For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have what? So the scriptures give us hope in the midst of a hopeless situation. And so what we must do is we must draw encouragement from the scriptures. We must draw hope in a hopeless situation from the God of hope. From the God with whom nothing is impossible. Now, I love how the Amplified says it. Let me just read it to you. It says that by our steadfast and patient endurance and encouragement drawn from the scriptures, we might hold fast to and we might cherish our hope. This hope, this expectation of an outcome that is in your favor must be kept alive. Your hope that you have on the inside of you must be fed. And the way that you can feed this hope is through the Word of God. Through the Word of the living God. In other words, find scriptures that cover your case. Find the scripture that covers your your case concerning debt freedom... And draw encouragement from the scriptures. In other words, find the scriptures, read the scriptures, confess the scriptures, and act on the scriptures. Find the scriptures that cover your case concerning your health. Find Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 5. Find Matthew 8, 17. Find 1 Peter 2, 24. Find Psalms 103, verses 1 through 3. Find 107, verse 20. Find Galatians 3, 13. Find it. And open it up and put it in your heart and draw encouragement from the Scriptures. Find it. Find it. Believe it. And speak it. This This will feed your hope. This will feed your confidence. Find scriptures that cover our case as a nation. Find the scriptures 
Psalms 91 that promise you and I protection. Find Psalms 91 verse 10 where it says, No evil is going to befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Find it and draw encouragement from it. Find Isaiah 54, 17, which says, No weapon, come on. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Find that and be encouraged in the Lord. David, when he faced an impossible situation, when the enemies, all of the ites came into his town and ripped the complete city off of all of their wives and all of their children and all of their goods, David turned his face to the wall and he inquired of the Lord. And instead of moaning and groaning and complaining, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And I can find in the book of Psalms scriptures that will encourage me daily. You know, most Christians have never opened their Bible. Most Christians don't read the Word. Listen, folks, this is your lifeline. The Word of the living God will put hope into you and will cause you to face tomorrow with a smile on your face. Somebody says, well... What if this and what if that? Well, what of it? Our outcome, either way, my brothers or sisters, our outcome is extremely bright. Whatever the case may be, at the end of the day, we are His. He is ours. And forever we shall dwell in the glorious house of our good, good Father. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. (laughs) Say it one more time. Wake up. up. (laughs) Not a time to sleep. Amen. Amen. Discipline yourself to stay awake. So we draw encouragement from The word of God. The psalmist said, he said this, My soul faints for thy salvation, but I am hoping in your word. So check your word level. Where's your word level at? Are you spending time in the word? Are you letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly? Is your TV time up here and your word time down here? Is your cell phone time up here and your word time down here? Is your texting time up here and your prayer time down here? Those kind of things, I'm not here to condemn you, but those kind of things, folks, got to be turned around. Come on now. Those things got to be, well, I'm, I'm praying for a miracle. I'm praying for a miracle. I'm praying for a miracle. Good. But what are you doing in the meantime? What are you doing between the amen? Come on, somebody. What are you doing between the amen and here it is? I tell you what we ought to be doing between the amen and the here it is. There ought to be some praise up in our house. 
And I'm not just talking about praise in this house. I'm talking about praise in your house. Find you a place in your home where you can lift up your voice and shout in your midnight hour. When you're in your automobile, glory to God, lift up your voice on high and rejoice in the Lord your God always. There's power released in praise. Draw encouragement from the Word of God. It is my lifeline. Check your word level, and here's what else. Check your words. Look at James, the third chapter. Let's look over there. Come on. James chapter 3. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Glory to God. Verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, the ships, great, yet they're turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even the soul, the tongue, is a little member. And boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. In James chapter 3 it talks about the importance of the tongue. Listen, if you do not like the direction that your life is going in right now, turn the helm. Turn the helm. Turn your tongue toward what you desire. Stop speaking the things that are and start speaking the things which be not as though they are. Oh, glory to God. Stop looking at the symptoms and talking about how bad things are, are, what could be, what might be, and turn your face to the wall and start declaring how it is according to the Word of God. Amen. Amen. There's been things in my life that I haven't enjoyed and I haven't liked. But I had to be honest with myself. It's not because of anyone else, but because of me. Because of perhaps words that I've spoken. Perhaps complaining. You know, Joyce Meyer says this, if you complain, you remain. But you know what? If you praise, come on, you're going to be raised. So if you want to see some things turned around in your life... You need to check your word level and then check your words level. What are you saying? What are you speaking on a regular basis in your life? And then if you want to see some things turn around in your life, put your hope in his glorious love. Look at Psalm 33 verse 18. Psalm 33 verse 18 says this. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. And upon them that what? Them that hope in his mercy. Woo, glory to God. One translation says he watches over those who put their hope in his love. Message says this, watch this. God's eye is on those who respect him. The ones who are looking for his love. Are you looking for his love today? Are you looking for his mercy? Listen to this. He's ready to come to their rescue in bad times, in lean times. He keeps body and soul together. Glory to God. I like what Paul said. Nay, in all these things. 
in all these things, in all this debt, in all this health problems, in all this stupidity going on in this nation with terrorism, not workplace violence. I mean, let's call it what it is. Let's just stop trying to be so politically correct and call it like it is. But even in the midst of that, you and I are still more than conquerors. We are still more than conquerors because we have put our hope in his love for us. Raise up your hand and say, I'm hoping. I put my hope. In the mercy of God. Then if you want to see some difficult situations turn around, make sure you turn your expectancy on high. Turn your expectancy way up. Look at your neighbor and say, turn your expectancy on high. Amen. Amen. I'm expecting the Minnesota Vikings to whoop up on the Seattle Seahawks today. Can I get a witness? Ooh, my, 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 my. I'm expecting the Warriors to beat Brooklyn today and go 22-0. and 0. I'm expecting Steph Curry to get another 40. You see, expectancy, here's what it does. It creates a winning attitude. You expect nothing, you get nothing. You expect bad, you get exactly what you expect. But you expect God, and you expect good, and you expect Him to show up in the land of your life. Oh, glory to God, He's going to do it. Say with me, my expectancy creates for me a winning attitude. You need to look at your mirror some days when you feel like you're just the lowest of the lowest and just a loser. Just look at your mirror and say, I'm a winner. Thanks be to God who always causes me to try. It's easy to say you're a winner when everything's going good. It's easy to say you're more than a conqueror when all the bills are paid. And the body's feeling good. And the wife's treating you just right. It's easy to say you're more than a conqueror when there's a sale at the mall. But what are you saying on Monday morning? What are you saying at 2 a.m.? What are you saying at 3 a.m.? Say with me, I am, I am more, more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Now, wouldn't you much rather live that way? I mean, I'd much rather live that way than live on the negative side of life. Turn your expectancy way up. Turn it on high. Grandma Thomas would come to see us over Christmas. Our expectancy was way up. Because we loved our grandmother. We didn't see our grandmother all the time, but when Christmas time came, Grandmother Thomas made that journey down from Cumberland, Wisconsin to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Tim and I would be up in our 
second floor window up there looking for grandma to come up the stairs. We had our expectancy on high. You know, one of the reasons why she made those nice little cookies, you know, that had the white stuff on it, you know. I don't know what they're called, but they're like powder cookies. Oh, they were good. And then she'd make what they call bones. And, and, and bones is that rice checks and wheat checks and cashews and pecans and it's just a, a special, a special recipe. Brenda's been anointed to do it herself. You know what I'm talking about, getting that expectancy up. I was so looking forward to my first basketball game in second grade. I mean, I had, yes, I had talent at second grade. I'm still waiting for the scouts to call me, but the hour is getting late. <laughs> but I had a high expectancy. I was looking forward to getting out of that court and making my first basket, man. I was so pumped that I slept in my uniform the night before. So when I got up in the morning, man, I was ready to go. And this is how we got to be spiritually. Sleep in your uniform if you got to. Glory to God. Look out the upstairs window if you got to. Do what you've got to do, but don't you lose hope. Don't you give up. Don't you grow weary in well-doing. You keep your expectancy on high and know that your good, good father is going to see to it that you make it. Ah, come on. Let's shout together. Expecting great things. I'm expecting great things in our, in our Christmas concert next week. I'm expecting this house to be full. I'm expecting the desserts to be awesome. I'm expecting people to get saved. I'm expecting you to bring an offering. We might as well just bless them. Amen. In Philippians chapter 1, let me quote it for you. He says, For I know that this shall turn to my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation. Everyone say earnest expectation. And my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that I with all boldness as always, so know also Christ may be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Much of what we experience in life is in direct proportion to our earnest expectations. Let's consider the word earnest quickly. In this verse, earnest is something that you are earnestly expecting and earnestly believing for. How many of you are believing for something? Well, in Psalm 27, it says, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord be brave and of good courage. Let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Expect to see some good things in your life. Expect to see some things turn around. Expect that son, expect that daughter to give you a phone call. Expect surprises coming in the mail. You know what I say all the time here at Heart of the Bay? Big checks are on the way. Hallelujah. I'm talking about mega checks are on the way. 
It wouldn't surprise me someday someone walk up to me and say, Pastor Mark, you don't know me, but I watch you on Hard Talk. I've heard about your ministry. I love the church. Here's a check for $7 million. Come on, why not us? Why not right now? Expect to see some things turn around in your family. Stop talking about how bad they are and bad things are and start talking about how good God is and how the God is working on your behalf. See, waiting is not just sitting around doing nothing. Waiting literally means that you're on the lookout with your neck outstretched. You're waiting for something good to happen. Here's what the Bible says. It said that the Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for him. What are you expecting today? What are you believing God for today? I believe this, that your good, good father is about to turn some things around for you. But turn your expectations on high. God's word is the foundation of our expectation. To look forward to something with excitement. To anticipate. Here's what David did. In closing, he said, Why are you in despair, O my soul? How many of you know we got to have a good conversation sometimes with our emotions? We are not to be emotionally driven. So David said, soul, what, what up? What's going on with you, soul? And why have you become so restless? Why have you become so disturbed and irritated about everything and anything that comes your way? And then he said something powerful to his soul. Soul, here's what you need to do. You need to hope in God. And you need to wait expectantly for him. And then he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise him for the help of his presence. Would you stand with me today before we receive communion? And let's just lift up our voice and lift up our hands. And let's praise him for the help of his presence. Lord, we, we invite your presence to permeate our very souls today. Lord, we choose life. We choose to expect good and to expect God in this day and this hour in which we live. Go ahead, lift up your voice and honor the Lord this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Turn, turn, turn. Turn, turning, 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 turning away, turning away, turning away from all that would distract, turning away, turning away, turning around, turning our face to the wall. Praise God.